Welcome. This is the inaugural episode of Restore Justice. It's an ongoing conversation with Bruce Strom, the founder of Administer Justice, which is a national nonprofit based here in Chicago, as well as people from various walks of life, from highly successful lawyers to everyday volunteers at churches around the country. We're exploring how these individuals are doing justice God's way. Season one is going to focus on the ABCs of effective, what we're calling gospel justice, what it is, uh, why it's so important in a world, especially a world where justice is being politicized, even being taken and twisted by secular culture to a point where any common sense person watching the news today has got to be saying, this is, there's nothing just about what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to uh, ask Bruce to help us bring some biblical perspective to justice, along with some practical stories of people doing it right now um, and having real kingdom impact. So uh, I do want to welcome Bruce onto the podcast. And uh, Bruce, I want to, before we dive into our real content, give us a little snapshot of you, your professional background and what got you here in the first place. So, Joe, I'm a guy who missed God's heart for justice. I'm in the justice realm. I'm a lawyer. I had a private practice for many years. Great practice. I was a senior partner. Got to argue cases all the way to the United States Supreme Court. A litigator. Uh, but along the way, I truly missed what true justice is about. It's not about a lawyer and hiring them and paying them big money. It's not about all the politics that go into it. It truly is about living out God's heart, his character, how he conducts himself, and the very foundation of his throne, which is justice and righteousness. So just listening to that hopefully caught your attention. You said, okay, that's worth exploring, right? That's worth investing some time over the next few episodes with us to really unpack that. And for any listener to say, what does this mean to me? I may be a school teacher. I may be a business person. I may be, you know, a grandparent. Uh, I may be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And I may be a pastor at a church. What does this mean? And is it a big deal to God? If so, how big of a deal is it? And where does it play a role in my life? I think that's really what we're going to be exploring together. So I really encourage Absolutely. people to join in. Bruce, let's dive into the, the what you call the ABCs of restorative, quote, gospel justice, right? So... Run us through it. What are the ABCs? Absolutely. So, Joe, over 23 years now and counting, um, I explored God's heart for justice and ways to make justice ministry effective and impactful, to invite others, because it's not just for lawyers. In fact, lawyers have messed this up. Don't leave it to lawyers alone. Besides that, it's a biblical call, and it's a call to all people. All people who follow Christ should follow him to justice. The ABCs that we found that truly do make for effective gospel justice ministry are A, affirm dignity, and sustainability, be biblical and holistic, Mm. and C, church-led, team-supported, neighborhood-based. Those are three distinctives that we find to be impactful in justice work. So we'll end up unpacking those. Maybe uh, in this episode, let's focus on uh, affirming dignity and sustainability. You've got my curiosity on what that means. Let's unpack that, and then we can always unpack the other two um, next. So Talk to us about, set us up for this, affirming dignity, and I'm assuming you mean affirming dignity in the people who need justice uh, and sustainability. Sure. And in fact, maybe even taking it back up, because each of those have different elements. Um, We really took a research-based approach to this. I mean, we looked at what other groups are doing in the country. We looked at how to make justice accessible. I had a great mentor who you knew, um, Joe, named John Robb. Now, John Robb was a guy that 
in the 60s, he was advocating for justice across the country before the Legal Services Corporation. He was the head of the American Bar Association's um, indigent defendant uh, arm that they had at that point, which Mm -hmm. is now Access to Justice. And he was a strong, tall, cigar-smoking, bourbon-drinking, really hard-nosed lawyer that went into these all-night sessions with Congress, argued before them to get the Office for Economic Opportunity started in 1968. Wow. That then became the Legal Services Corporation in 1974, uh, which is now the government-run legal aid across the country. But John was instrumental in that. He's listed in one of the great seminal works. If somebody really wants to go deeper in understanding our civil legal justice system and civil legal aid, it's a work, it's a three-volume set, so not light reading, called (laughs) To Establish Justice for All, The Past and Future of Civil Legal Aid in the United States by Judge Earl Johnson. And John figures prominently in Mm. that work. So he was a guy that really looked to start. But here's the problem, Joe. Just think about this. Across the United States of America today, and I'm sure as people are listening, there are 132 supported nonprofits with 900 offices, and it costs more than $523 million in government funding, plus another $1.2 million in state and some private funding. Hmm. I mean, that, John was given a vision, and we'll talk a lot about this and how to live it out, of a thousand gospel justice centers transforming lives in the name of Christ. How are we going to do that if they can't do it in the United States of America fully effectively with more than $2 million? I mean, that's just not cost-effective. We had to re-envision, re-imagine how to do justice in a way that would reflect God's heart and make it accessible for all. So real quick, is is your point that even though there's these uh, 132-supported nonprofits, 900 locations, half a billion dollars in funding, there's still a problem? It's, It's You would think that there'd be a solution by now. And your point being, we're nowhere close. We are nowhere close. It is terrible. More than 80% of people seeking legal help can't find it. They're turned away from help. Um, For one thing, Legal Services Corporation is even limited in who they can help. They can Mm. only help individuals at or below 125% of the federal poverty line. That's 53.6 million people, Joe. And for a family of four, think about it, that's only earning for a family of four, 37,500. Yeah. Well, if you go up to 200% of the poverty line, which is people earning 60000 for a family of four, they still can't afford a lawyer. They're no, just making ends there's meet. There's no way. You couldn't even afford the first visit. Uh, that's right. For hundreds of dollars, $300-plus an hour, in some places much higher, they can't even afford that. That's over 97 million people, and approximately 45 million don't qualify for that help from the Legal Services because Corporation. Of the current... Because of the current system. Got it. And yet they need help. And so there's almost 100 million people that, need help every year and just cannot find it. That's almost one in three. It's almost one in three, exactly. And so uh, we had to reach. So we're not beginning to scratch that surface. Real quick, Bruce, I'm sure we'll get into this more in detail in other episodes, but just for someone listening who's having their first exposure to this stuff, when we talk about one in three people who probably need legal help, the first thing that pops in my mind as an amateur is, oh, why? Did they commit a crime? Uh, you know, did they rob a store? Why do they need legal help? Who are these people typically in this? Who, there are one in three Americans who need legal help. Right. And why do they even need it? Right. We all watch movies and TV yeah. that says you have the right to a free attorney or an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed to you. Right. right. We can all cite that Miranda mm-hmm. uh, warning. 
But that's only if you're accused of a serious crime. If you're the victim of that crime or if you're facing family issues or housing issues or contract issues or you're a senior citizen trying to get benefits, you're a veteran who's trying to cut through the red tape to get benefits that are owed to you. A single mom who's trying single to figure out how to get her the resources promised to her. That's right. All of these individuals are modern-day widow, fatherless, immigrant, and poor. They don't have the right to a free attorney, and they cannot access one. Wow. So... If I'm the victim of a crime or something happening to me, maybe be not criminal, but someone oppressing me, taking advantage of me, I don't have the right to a free attorney in the U.S. Right. And what's at stake is serious. I mean, it's your health, it's stability, it's safety, it's security. Uh, it can be the difference between being housed or unhoused. It can be the difference between uh, making ends meet or not. So there are serious issues that people face every day. But with a half a billion dollars being funded, we should be, I mean, the U.S. should be doing better than most. You would think so, right? And yet on the world stage, the World Justice Project every year ranks the countries of the world, 140 countries, on affordable access to justice. Many other factors, but yeah. that's one key one. And for affordable access to justice, we rank 115th out of 140. That is last in the developed world. Mm -hmm. And for a nation that pledges liberty and justice for all, that is simply wrong. That just should not be the case. So that's, that's part of the problem. And... Then we ask the question, where does the church fit into this, right? Or where does a Christ follower fit into any of this? Correct, because while that is true in our country and we all support the democracy um, that we're blessed to live in in the United States of America, it is even more true for the people of God because the very kingdom of God is founded on justice and righteousness. It is the second most prominent theme in Scripture. We'll talk more about that. But uh, it is so prevalent and we should care about justice. We should care about seeking justice. We should care about doing justice. We should care about seeing justice roll on like a mighty river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. Mm. We should administer true justice, um, show mercy and compassion to one another. The Bible is just full of these justice verses that cry out for us to do something. And yet, we as the church are failing. Of the 384,000 churches in America, Joe, less than 0.1, not 1%, mm. less than 0.1, so less than one-tenth of 1% of churches are engaged in legal ministry for the poor and vulnerable. Yeah, that's definitely something I want to unpack with you in, in episodes to come, because that's a staggering number, given um, how prominent you're saying justice is in the Bible and in, on God's heart. So, all right, keep walking us through this. The ABCs, we're talking right now, really focusing on affirming dignity and sustainability. Yeah, we're, we're, we're focusing on just laying in those foundational yeah. basics. How in the world did John even uh, and I come up with the ABCs? Yeah. Uh, and uh, we, we based it upon Great um, research from Ruby Payne. She's a social worker, Bridges Out of Poverty, or Framework for Understanding Poverty, uh, and help us understand that our neighbors are people to be loved, not problems to be solved. And that's so often the way that legal oh, services look at just legal problems instead of people that are holistic. It's transactional, kind of. Very transactional instead of transformational. And so we wanted to bring it to this approach. We built on work done by John Perkins, who wrote Justice for All, who started a Christian Community Development Association. In other words, being proximate to the needs in the neighborhoods and 
uh, seeing the needs that are there and building into the assets of people that have, not that they lack, but that a lot of times they just need good coaching, good mm. um, assistance. And then the Chalmers Institute that's done great work with When Helping Hurts, Becoming Whole, or Robert Lupton, Toxic Charity, and how churches and charities hurt those they help and how to reverse it. So we built upon all this great work that was out there, this great research to come up with the ABCs. You know what's interesting? The last two you mentioned, I think you mentioned Chalmers and Robert Lupton. There, you know, when helping hurts, I think you said, mm-hmm. and right, becoming whole, and then the other one was um, how ch- churches and charities can reverse the negative effect. That's where this restorative justice thing comes around, right? It's it's not the transactional. It's not just even caring for someone while doing justice. It's also restoring them back to a state of well being. Yeah. So looking forward to learning more about Amen, that. Exactly. And so here's where that matters, like one client, client quote, and then we'll pick up on our next episode to go deeper into what it looks like to yeah. affirm dignity. But w- one of our clients just this last weekend, Joe, honestly said, thank you for the fellowship and prayers. I felt so loved and met amazing people. I think I found my new place of worship. You all are very professional, caring, God-loving, and helpful. That's so this what we is somebody who somehow heard about one of these gospel justice centers, right. went there for help, got some, had some sort of interaction there, and then had this to say. And they're coming out of a legal advisory session or saying, thank you for your fellowship and prayers. Right. So that's right. That's, 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 the that's whole intriguing person. in and of itself to anybody listening, right? If you're Absolutely. a lawyer or if you're a church leader or a volunteer in the church who really cares about justice, imagine if people who are in those situations, like some of the ones you explained earlier, were walking out saying, thank you for the fellowship and prayers. <laughs> you know, so very interesting. So let's do uh, the topic of um, restorative justice, affirming dignity and sustainability in our next episode. This right. is, a, I think this is a good amount of content for someone to listen to and go, okay, is this striking my heart? Is this striking my mind in a way where I need to dive in deeper? And if so, we invite you to episode two with Bruce and we'll get right into it. Restore Justice is a podcast production of Administer Justice. Learn more and connect with us at administerjustice.org.